0: Hello there everyone, and welcome to Speaking Life, the podcast where I talk about things that inspire me to become the best version of myself each and every single day. I'm your host, David D. Petschauer, and for today's episode, I want to touch on a subject people may not think too fondly of, that being enemies. When that word pops into our heads, what do we think of? People who we feel have wronged us? People we used to like, but then not so much after some time. People who oppose us for reasons we don't quite comprehend. At one point in our lives, perhaps we all thought that we had enemies. I at one point fell victim to that mindset myself, not too long ago. More on that later. But I first want to mention an anime that I just finished watching over the summer. An anime that changed my perspective on how to live life. An anime that I think is incredibly underrated and should receive more attention. Ladies and gentlemen, today I'd like to talk about the Vinland Saga. Spoilers will be present, of course. Vinland Saga takes place during a ruthless time period during the 11th century. A time where war, slavery, greed, and conquest was running rampant across Europe. The story follows the life of a man named Thorfinn, born in Iceland and second child and first son of mother Helga and father Thoris. Something that should be noted about this time period is how people view the concept of battle, especially in conjunction with the ideals of manhood. War is set on a pedestal that tests a man as honor, strength, and pride. Enduring war means gaining said attributes, and the ability to do and go anywhere in the world. The greatest warriors are said to go to Valhalla, should they die in battle. Iceland's population is no stranger to these ideals, especially Thorfinn, as seen in the early episodes of Vinland Saga Season 1. During these episodes, Thorfinn is portrayed as a child who believes in the romanticization of war. He dreamed of venturing out in the world, becoming a true warrior, slaying his foes. With his peers, Thorfinn got very aggressive, play fighting and conducting mock battles. At one point, Thorfinn broke a peer's arm. Young adults saw this and were impressed by Thorfinn, believing that Thorfinn was showing signs of a true warrior with his father's blood. Early on in the show. People in Iceland rejoice as they find out that they must take part in a war taking over Europe. As detailed previously, emphasis is placed on pride and honor, and to take part in war and come out on top is seen as the ultimate sign of a true warrior, something that men should strive to achieve. Thorfinn, upon hearing the news that people in his village are heading up to war, rejoices himself, seeing this news as an opportunity to fulfill his dream becoming a warrior. He has such an intense desire to fulfill said dream that he sneaks onto a ship with people heading off to war, confident that this will be his big break for adventure. One of the people on the ship was Thorfinn's father, Thors. Before I go on any further, it's important to mention the philosophy and history of Thors. Thors was a former commander of the Jomsvikings a group of mercenaries who fought for the King of Wendland, and later Danish kings. However, something about his attitude towards war and the Jams Vikings changed at one point, because during a naval battle, Thoris faked his death by falling into the sea and not resurfacing. Thoris and his wife, along with their newborn daughter Yilva, Thorfinn's older sister, would flee to Iceland, leaving the warrior lifestyle behind and starting a new life. A day before Thors and other men in Iceland would depart for battle, Thors caught Thorfinn in a storage room, catching sight of the sword Thors used during his time as a Jomsviking. The following exchange proceeded between Thors and Thorfinn Thorfinn, a sword is the tool used for killing people. Who are you planning to kill with this? Well, the the enemy your enemy who is your enemy like like Halfdan who um, is introduced as a really cruel slave owner in the early episodes of season one but upon hearing this Thor's gets on his knees and puts his hands on Thorfinn's shoulders and he calmly tells Thorfinn You have no enemies. No one has any enemies. Thorfinn, though, upon immediately hearing this, dismissed these claims with his ideology that romanticizes war. And Thorfinn wouldn't refute his response for a while. Because while Thorfinn, Thors, and the other men on the ship were heading off to battle across the sea, they were found and cornered by a group of mercenaries led by skilled strategist and swordsman, Askalad. Askalad and Thors dueled, where Thors ultimately prevailed. But Askalad didn't follow the rules of a fair, honest duel, and his men executed a surprise attack with a flurry of arrows that killed Thors. Once our protagonist sees his father die in such an unfair manner, Thorfinn becomes enraged, just like how any kid would act in his position. Thor's attempts to instill life lessons in Thorfinn completely washes away from Thorfinn's conscience. Thor's death consumes Thorfinn's beliefs and goals and results in Thorfinn possessing only one goal, kill Askeladd in a fair duel to restore his father's honor. For 10 years, Thorfinn follows Askeladd and his mercenaries. By the way, Thorfinn saw Thors die at age 6. While traveling across Europe, Thorfinn witnessed heinous acts caused by Askeladd and his group, burning down villages, killing innocents, and forcing themselves onto women. He didn't partake in acts, certain acts, but he didn't stop them either. For example, while witnessing a group of men forcing themselves onto a woman and being invited to join in, Thorfinn simply turned a blind eye to this instance and walked off. But while Thorfinn wasn't as heinous as some of the people he was traveling with, Thorfinn also wasn't a good person as well. You see, Thorfinn had an obsession with getting a duel with Askeladd, and that made Thorfinn partake in several heinous acts whether that be killing people or burning villages. You see, as long as Thorfinn could get a duel with Askalad, Thorfinn was willing to do absolutely anything. But even when Thorfinn got a duel, it would end in the same way, Askelad prevailing. But that's not simply because Askelad was a more experienced combatant than Thorfinn. In fact, I think it's possible Thorfinn could have defeated Ascalad, if not for one thing. Thorfinn was driven by pure rage. And Askeladd knew that. And he used it against him. Askeladd would do or say something to provoke Thorfinn, which would make Thorfinn's actions predictable. Look no further than their duel in Season 1, Episode 22, which is the most one-sided duel of all the duels we see. Askeladd disarms himself, throwing away his sword, enraging Thorfinn who dashes forward to attack, only to get countered and utterly decimated. In fact, there was two spectators watching that battle, and one of them remarked, this isn't a duel, it's a pure beatdown. And then, Ascalad dies. In an altercation that saw Askelad killing the king of Denmark to protect his homeland of Wales while feigning madness, Askelad himself gets executed, but not to Thorfinn. Rather, it was at the hands of Canute, the would-be king of England. Now, the YouTube channel Sage's Reign brings up something very intriguing, and that's the significance of eyes. Eyes have great meaning when it comes to understanding a person's emotion and thoughts. Vinland Saga emphasizes this belief. If you watch Thorfinn's if you watch Vinland Saga, excuse me, then watch Thorfinn's eyes as Askeladd dies. Previously, they were eyes filled with rage, hatred, determination, purpose. But now They're lost, clueless, with everything taken away. Thorfinn's purpose for living is now gone. He has been left with nothing. With this, Thorfinn attempts to kill Canute in a slashed rage. But ultimately, Thorfinn was unsuccessful and taken away from the scene of chaos. Due to Thorfinn's actions against Prince Canute, he was punished by enslavement, working for his slave owner Kettle on vast land, And this is where Season 2 begins. Taking place a few years after Season 1, when Thorfinn first appears, it's clear he's gone through major changes, not just in looks, but in terms of his mindset. For example, his eyes retain that lost, undriven look, except now it seems those feelings are much stronger with how his eyes remain half open. His tone of voice is quiet and monotone without much emotion. Thorfinn also has gotten so much skinnier from working as a slave and not eating much. What's more is that he's so depressed, he doesn't even ask for more food. At night, Thorfinn gets nightmares when he sleeps. Nightmares of all the countless people he's killed haunting him. He's practically become an empty shell of himself. At one point, Thorfinn gets bullied by some mercenaries hired by his slave owner Kettle, and involved a mercenary named Fox cutting Thorfinn repeatedly with a sword, ultimately cutting off a portion of his left ear. But what makes this scene extremely heartbreaking is how Thorfinn reacts. He doesn't cry, he doesn't flinch, he doesn't do anything. He simply stands there, not moving a muscle, maintaining that emotionless face. He did all that because, in his mind, he has no reason to live. Rather, he doesn't deserve to live. He asks out loud, what good is there in living? And the scene ends with Thorfinn uttering, not a single good thing has happened to me my entire life. But something would happen that would cause questioning to those uttered sentences. You see, those mercenaries had a boss dubbed Snake. Snake arrives to the scene and he attempted to execute uh, a surprise attack on Thorfinn. But Thorfinn blocked the sword slash with a kick. Why? If Thorfinn really had nothing left in him to live, would he really have blocked Snake slash? After getting some space from that brief combat exchange, Snake said something interesting. You see Thorfinn? Your body is telling you that it wants to live. <clears throat> if you ask me, this was the beginning of Thorfinn's redemption arc this realization that maybe he does still want to live. And I think the next major step happens in Episode 8 of Season 2. As mentioned earlier, with Askeladd's death, Thorfinn's passion for living for 10 to 11 years was extinguished, making Thorfinn an empty empty man. But Episode 8 introduced a beautiful quote for the empty person. Thorfinn and his friend Einar spend time with Svelkel, Keto's father, who taught them some fishing. And it's during this time fishing that Svelkel mentions something. Svelkel says, if something is empty, then that means you can fill it with anything, one step at a time. My interpretation of this is that it's not just for people who feel empty. But I feel like it can apply for people who may feel like it's too late to do something or have doubts about their ideas. See, I follow this YouTube channel named Lessons from Anime. And in a video that discusses this phrase, he brings up a good point. At times when there are things we don't prefer to do, like playing sports or cooking, do we actually know a thing or two about said subject? Sometimes. All it takes is time doing something or learning about something to develop an interest in something new, one step at a time. For Thorfinn, with him being a slave, he had to do a bunch of farm work. During his escapades across Europe, Thorfinn never really thought about farming or what it could offer. But after actually spending time learning about planting crops, performing labor, and fishing, He grew to love the process. Sometimes action is the best method of knowledge. Thorfinn's moment with Surveilkill sets the momentum going for Thorfinn's redemption arc, and it's a strong start indeed. But shortly after that moment, that momentum would skyrocket in speed thanks to an event that, upon watching for the first time, I just watched in awe. I even paused for a minute to reflect upon my own life. You see, Thorfinn and Einar had a scuffle with some retainers that were suspected of sabotaging the land Thorfinn and Einar worked tremendously hard on. That scuffle turned into an all-out brawl, with Thorfinn getting knocked out. While knocked out, Thorfinn re-enters his nightmares, this time falling into what seemed to be a bottomless pit. Thorfinn gets a grip on the ledge of the rocky walls. Hanging on by his f- mere fingertips, Thorfinn looks below him to witness the ground completely covered in blood. It's a battlefield, consisting of corpses fighting against one another. If you ask me, it reminded me of a brutal Battle Royale-style free-for-all. Thorfinn examines the location, watching in shock and horror. He asks himself if where he was was Valhalla, which if you remember, was a place where it's said that true warriors go after they die graciously sacrificing themselves in the battlefield. But then at the corner of Thorfinn's eye is the man who killed his father. The man pursued for ten years to kill and never achieved that goal. The man whose death caused Thorfinn to lose all sense of purpose in living. At the corner of Thorfinn's eye Sitting on top of a pillar was Ascalad, greeting Thorfinn in a quiet yet piercing voice. Ascalad offered some clarification for the setting they were in, saying that it wasn't the afterlife, but rather a place where, in his words, there is no victory, there is no end. In this place, everyone besides you is the enemy. Askeladd then goes on to say that Thorfinn used to coexist with all the heaps of drained flesh combating one another, but at some point, arguably for better or for worse, he became empty, which was how Thorfinn escaped from the blood-soaked battlefield. Thorfinn reflects on his life and says to Askeladd how he believes he's pathetic, how he can't grow, and how he can't leave behind his warrior lifestyle. Now, I mentioned before that Thorfinn and Aenor got into a scuffle with retainers, and the scuffle primarily broke out because Thorfinn punched a retainer square in the mouth, breaking the jaw. Thorfinn wanted to make progress avoiding violence, but here he is, starting a fight with that punch. But before Thorfinn could continue, his self-reflecting. He felt something pull at his feet. Opening his eyes, Thorfinn was met with a mountain of corpses, countless individuals reaching out to him, pulling him to the ground below. Thorfinn initially attempts to kick off their attempts, to which Askeladd scoffs. <laughs> You're kicking them? How cruel. You should be letting an ear to their complaints. What? That last part caught Thorfinn's attention. And Ascalad elaborated on that part. He advised Thorfinn look cl- look closely at the bodies. And Ascalad reminded Thorfinn that the mountain pulling down him consisted of all the people he killed while on his escapade to get revenge on Ascalad. Thorfinn immediately cries becoming ashamed of himself because he didn't know who any of his victims were. He apologized profusely. But Askeladd said that this was no time for Thorfinn to be crying. And he gives Thorfinn one last piece of advice. Regardless of whether or not his victims are clinging on to him, Thorfinn must continue to climb. That was Thorfinn's real battle to become a true warrior. And hearing this, Thorfinn began to climb out of his nightmares and awaken to reality with a new sense of direction. With this, Thorfinn moves forward with a new goal in mind, to become a true warrior. But there is still one more roadblock to test Thorfinn's resolve and growth as a person. That comes in the form of arguably the greatest scene I have ever watched in anime. Season 2, Episode 21. By this point, there has been a major dispute that has ultimately culminated into war. Remember Canute, the one who killed Askeladd and was the would-be king of England? Well, fast forward to Season 2. And now, Canute is officially King of England, but also the King of Denmark. And opposing Canute is Thorfinn's slave owner, Kettle. The reason for their dispute was because Canute wanted to claim Kettle's wealth and land for the sake of their country, as Canute puts it. Kettle hasn't agreed to this idea, and so Canute's soldiers and Kettle's followers have been duking it out on Kettle's farmland. Thorfinn gains awareness of this conflict. And with his newfound sense of identity, Thorfinn marches off towards the battlefield, unwilling to let more blood be shed in this battle. Thorfinn has no daggers, no armor, no bow and arrows, no form of weapons or defense whatsoever. All he has is a heart of no malice and a face of absolute determination. Thorfinn arrives, and he asks Knut's soldiers if he could speak directly to the king. Canute's men, though, don't immediately oblige. Rather, they look down on Thorfinn, mocking and provoking him. There's this one viking regarded as Dropt the Bear Killer, who looks to be double Thorfinn's height with a muscular stature and great strength. And he attacks Thorfinn, punching him relentlessly. Thorfinn dodges a little, and while doing so, catches a whiff of the conversations he's hearing around him. It turns out that the rest of the soldiers are placing bets as to how many hits it will take for Draught to land before killing Thorfinn. Most bet single digits. Fewer bet on double digits. Either way, the soldiers witnessing this see this as mere entertainment, not taking Thorfinn's request from earlier seriously. After all, they're thinking in their heads, he's just one person and a slave at that. What could he possibly do? Thorfinn, though, decides on an idea that seems crazy on paper. He declares that he will bet on himself to take on one hundred punches. If Thorfinn can endure that long, then Thorfinn will be able to speak to the king but fail, and Thorfinn will get killed. The crowd witnessing this transpire agree to this deal, and thus, Draht commences his 100 punches. Initially, the crowd maintains their amusement as Thorfinn takes on the first few punches head-on, with no dodging or countering whatsoever. One spectator notes how Thorfinn makes subtle movements by twisting the neck and head before colliding with Rot's fist, thus dispersing the impact away from the core of the body. The blows begin piling up. Five, then 10, then 15, then 20, then 25, then 31. Thorfinn still shows no signs of quitting. He simply endures, uttering no words. Eventually, Thorfinn's friend Snake arrives at the scene, not aware what led up to the situation, and he's completely stunned. Snake yells to leave Thorfinn alone, and that he's got nothing to do with the farm. But this distracts Thorfinn for a brief moment, allowing Dra to land a blow that sends Thorfinn flying on the thirty-second punch. Einar, present throughout the entire event, tells Snake what happened, and this bewilders Snake. Excuse me. Snake goes on to say, That's ridiculous. The farm will surrender. The decision has been made. You idiot. You're so soft-hearted. If talking could have resolved this, we'd have done that already. But Thorfinn counters Snake with thoughts that really made me think about my own life upon hearing them. He goes... Did you really put in the effort to resolve this through conversation? Once they drew their swords, you merely answered with your own blades without thinking. And then Thorfinn stands up, much to the surprise of all the spectators, and with a voice of no fear, tells Draught to quit standing around and deliver the sixty-eight remaining punches. At the beginning of Draught's 100 Punches, everyone was howling with delight, placing bets, ecstatic to see how many punches Thorfinn could endure. But fast forward, and all the commotion is gone. Everyone merely watches. There is no shock, no happiness, no anger, no emotion whatsoever visible on everyone's faces. Everyone watches in absolute silence. The only noises that can be heard are Drott's fists making contact with Thorfinn's face in a brutal manner. On top of that, as the blows pile up, Drott gets more and more exhausted, panting heavily while Thorfinn still remains silent. Eventually, Drott delivers the 98th blow, and then the 99th blow. And finally, the one hundredth blow. On that one hundredth punch, Drott collapses in pure exhaustion, and Thorfinn remains standing, his face completely covered in blood, swelling, and bruises. At the culmination of this incredible turn of events cements the accomplished growth of Thorfinn's character. Draught, gasping for breath after delivering 100 punches, acknowledged Thorfinn as a true warrior. One spectator named Wolf commended Thorfinn for his endurance and being well-trained for combat. Yet Wolf asked Thorfinn one particular question. Why didn't Thorfinn fight back against Draught? If Thorfinn fought Draught and came out on top, then Thorfinn could still have been acknowledged by all the soldiers and granted permission to speak with King Canute. Thorfinn responds in the only way he could that capped off one of the greatest redemption arcs in fictional history that I have ever seen. With incredibly resounding music, Thorfinn says the following. There is no point in a peace negotiation if you go around punching people. I met you guys for the first time today. We don't know anything about each other. We hold no grudges. So why do we have to fight each other? It's ridiculous. Canute and Kettle are the ones who want to fight. The two leaders should just play a game of Viking chess and settle their issues. There is absolutely no reason for all of these people to gather and shed blood. We met for the first time today. You guys are not my enemies. I have no enemies. Now, I want to take a moment to share with you just how impactful Vinland Saga has been since I finished watching it over the summer. I really took a moment to reflect on what I what I learned from the anime, and I found myself really connected to Thorfinn. In the sense that I thought I had enemies. See, I just graduated high school a few months ago, and. I was very glad to be able to do so. To be honest, high school was arguably the worst time period in my life so far. Starting from my freshman year, uh, COVID 19 hit in March 2020. And I think that partly in due to the virus, I lost in touch with a lot of people that I thought were great friends to have. And When I got back to school in person my junior year, because I decided to stay remote my entire sophomore year, things felt very different. Different in the sense that people just felt way more distant of each other. And they just didn't have a, they lost a lot of their social skills, if if you know what I mean. You know, that whole experience of what had happened because of COVID really stuck with me throughout the entirety of my high school career. Initially, I was, I felt very upset, very depressed, feeling like I did something wrong, but that that depression turned into bitterness and resentment, and I believe the, that those feelings affected how I interacted with people moving forwards. Now I've always been rather quiet and shy, but when COVID arrived, I felt the need to keep to myself more. because. At times, I felt no one cared, and I just didn't want to get hurt. Now, thankfully, these days, I've been able to find new people who care. I'm grateful to have meaningful connections. And partly because, um, and because of those connections, well, it's because I was able to put what happened in high school behind me a little more that I was able to make new connections, new friendships that I'm truly grateful for. But if I'm being totally honest, I still get reminded about high school almost every day. It's not like watching Vinland Saga made me change immediately. I, I, want, I, I want to emphasize that. I really want to emphasize that, you know, change growth is not linear. It comes in waves. Times you'll be going up, other times you'll be going down. That's completely natural. Everyone's life is like that. But thanks to Vinland Saga, I developed a greater sense of awareness about everything that's happened. The more I dwell on it, the more I've begun to finally leave it all behind me, bit by bit, and continue to climb with all the demons that have attached to me, just like Thorfinn, um, just like Thorfinn. I've realized that a lot what happened may not have been my fault and I don't want the hatred that I once held in such a strong regard to consume me you see there's this thing called the villain arc and it's a period of time that people may go through after experiencing extreme negative emotion for example maybe they broke up with a romantic partner or they feel uh, very betrayed by someone and upon feeling those immense emotions the villain arc sees people do things like work out more take their jobs more seriously or buy items that indicate they're of high status Um, excuse me, I'm just getting my thoughts straight. But for me, I don't want to go through a villain arc. Because it feels like if I go through a villain arc, I'll just be in the pockets of the people who I felt wronged me just like how Thorfinn was in Askeladd's pocket the whole time of the whole time while Thorfinn wanted to kill Askeladd and even if I work out more I have a successful career spend many luxuries and brag about it to all the people I felt have wronged me there's one more question that you, I need to ask myself what lies beyond that you know it's important to think what comes next and you know if you're involved in this journey of getting people getting back at people I don't think you're ever gonna think about what lies next after after getting what you want and that results in emptiness. So I'd rather move on and live with freedom than become uh, a slave of my past and eventually feel nothing. Because at the end of the day life moves fast. It can move fast to the point where you realize that arguing with people getting mad at things those things end up being small moments of more often than not insignificance despite all the arguments the disagreements you can have with your peers your loved ones those you care about we can all still live alongside one another and hope for the best with each other with these thoughts gliding across my mind I realized and what Thor's instilled in Thorfinn was absolutely correct I have no enemies no one has any enemies including you listening to this podcast my friend anyways that's going to wrap up today's episode of speaking life I'd like to thank all of you listening for taking the time doing so today. I'll catch you guys in the next one. And please take care of yourselves. Peace out.